Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello, and thank you once again for joining us for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today, our guest is the lovely and vibrant Tessa Martin. Thank you for joining us, Tessa. Thanks for having me. So, Tessa, tell us, what what is your business? What do you do? I own Serenity Now Wellness Center, and what we focus on is mind-body healing. So, uh, prior to April, we had strictly counselors, uh, mainly psychologists, that would focus on a mind-body model to understand not just how uh, thoughts and feelings are uh, processed, but also how they're stored within the body. Um, after April, we've now included... Uh, services to be able to work specifically with the body. So now we integrate yoga therapy, massage therapy, and nutrition along with the counseling piece. Oh, so the whole the whole package deal now. Yep. Well very very much needed. There's there's so much stuff and and I love how as medical knowledge is advancing, people are learning that different things all tie together to make for better health and wellness all over the board. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. And what is, what is your family situation, Tessa? So I am married to my wonderful husband, Rocky, and I have two children, a four-year-old, Matthew, and my daughter is two and a half, and her name is Lilia. Oh, my. So the, the, the really young, fun, into everything ages. <laughs> yeah. Keep you on your toes. Oh, I always tell, tell my clients that have the babies, I'm going, uh, as soon as they start walking, those toddlers move faster than Olympic sprinters <laughs> so that they can get into everything. <laughs> so thinking about back to when you were a kid, when did you first discover that money was something that was important and you needed to start paying attention to it? I unfortunately became aware of money probably in a very stressful way from a very young age because of uh, some financial stressors that were happening around the house. So I was aware that like money was tight and it was something that was hard to come by and just felt like money was a struggle. So probably about the age of seven, I started to become aware of it. Yeah. And unfortunately that's how a lot of kids learn about it. And that's, that's where a lot of these very unhealthy financial mindsets come from. Like the, Mm -hmm. like you said, the thoughts, and, and then that builds up so much mental garbage around it that holds people back as they become adults and moving on to their own careers and businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what made what made you decide to to start a business? Because a lot of a lot of people that I found that, like I said, went through 
childhoods where money was always stressful and things like that, they don't typically go on to being entrepreneurs. So what made you decide to go down that route? I was born into a family of entrepreneurs, so I don't think I ever really believed there was anything besides running my own business. I think that when you grow up and see that entrepreneurial mindset, you realize that there's so much you can create, even though you can sometimes see the instability of, of the financial piece. It just felt like there was more possibility in being my own boss versus the predictability of a consistent revenue. Which is, which is a good thing. I've I definitely, I have seen when people grow up being exposed to the entrepreneurial lifestyle, they, they're much more open to it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I always have to work with people is they always have this belief that they have security if they have a job, but I'm going, how many people have received a pink slip? <laughs> yeah, especially right now, right? Oh, and, and, it's always like things, it's boom and bust, boom and bust, and it happens all the time. And I'm going, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you know what you're getting as long as it's coming in, but that can be taken away in a nanosecond. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm going, I might not always know when I'm getting paid and stuff like that, but I'm going, I can always go out and make more money. Yes. Yeah. That's what I love about being an entrepreneur is that you, there's a potential for more. And then it's up to what I want to do to make more versus waiting to see if somebody's going to give me more. Oh, exactly. I love, I love the con, much more the control and things like that. It's like you have a say in your destiny, not like, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've had, I have wonderful clients that have been in the oil business for years working downtown. And, and I had one, he was, riding he was driving into work and he heard on the radio that there was going to be there were layoffs being announced at his company and then he's going i'm wondering if i'm one of the ones that's going to get the pink slip and <laughs> yep he got pink slip that morning or they're having a big <laughs> announcement everybody go into your office and wait we'll come and visit you and you get to see if you get to stay or if you have to go <laughs> yeah and it has nothing to do with their ability to do the job or how good they are or anything like that. It's just, no, it, things have to come and go. And they had no control over it. Yeah. Where at least when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, uh, mm-hmm. you can, you can always go out and find more stuff to kill. Yeah. <laughs> I always say that entrepreneurs, we eat what we kill. And if we want to eat well, we learn to kill well. <laughs> kill more. Yeah. <laughs> So what what do you, what are your kids noticing and asking about now that they that they're seeing you running your business and doing all sorts of different things like what are some of the questions and and, and comments that you're hearing from from your little ones? Well, we basically have made them feel because of the way that we have structured our lives and their uh, basically investment portfolio, if you want to say that. Um, they know that they have a vested interest in this place. So they don't really say too much because of their age, but they'll like, my daughter always reminds me that it's her office that I'm going to and that she works there too. And that, uh, and then she's going to work with mommy one day. So I think that they're starting to recognize that they have a, a, a piece of this and maybe it makes it easier for them to, to feel like they're a part of it. Oh, that's really, really interesting. So, mm-hmm. so how how did how did you broach that subject with them to start off with? Because like your kids are quite young. <laughs> 
Yeah. I've been, because of the messages that I got growing up, I wanted very much to help them understand the way that they can craft their lives and be very cautious with the language that we use around our house. Like instead of saying things like we don't have money for this because we're still conscious of budgets and everything like that, just being very clear is that this is not our priority at this moment. And so we've been using that language. My husband has been working really hard to have them, uh, have a million dollars by the time they're 18. So, he's always telling them about like how like this money is we're putting this money away for you because this is going to help you and for later on. And so even though they're young, we've still been having those conversations and um so that when they're asking for a toy or something, we're like, well, you have this much money that you have available to you. The rest of you, the money that you have is in savings and going to pay for schooling and for your house later on so that they know that they have money, but it doesn't have to always go to frivolous things. I, I love that. So many people are, are not aware of the power that are tied to the words that we use. And when I hear somebody go, we can't afford that or anything, it just makes me cringe because I'm going, that's the instructions that you're putting out where I love how you're saying with your kids, this, it's not our priority right now. Mm-hmm. So how do they respond to that? And how, how do they go about, like, do you pay your kids an allowance? We don't uh, provide them an allowance. And, uh, but they just, uh, well, we tell them that we're putting their money into their savings accounts and, uh, things to be able to take care of for later. They get, if they find random coins around the house, they get to put those into their piggy bank. And then we, I'm trying really hard to also like through, uh, financial means also try and encourage them into healthy eating and, um, those sorts of things. So if they're choosing to, give away candy that they've been given, then they I'll pay them for their candies. So they can, if they choose to buy a toy instead, they learn that they can do that. Yeah. So they save up ways that way. They like to steal money from our purses, <laughs> put it into their piggy bank. And suddenly I realize that they have like more money in their piggy bank than I have in my purse. <laughs> and I realize that that might've been lifted somehow. <laughs> So de- 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 definitely the, the, the things that you're noticing, eh? <laughs> They're creative. Kids are very, very creative. I'm going, never, ever underestimate your kids. They're way smarter and paying way more attention than you ever think they are. Yeah. And I think even just learning that habit of accumulation, though, where they'll just, it might not be anything, it might not be an allowance, but I'll have an extra 50 cents that I don't particularly want floating around my pocket, and they'll grab that, and I have no problems with that. And before I know it, it has built up for them to a quite significant amount. So what are what are some of the things that they're, like, do they ask for money for certain things or anything? Like, what are the things that, are they financially motivated at all? Obviously, they are if they're they're uh, discovering that mom and dad's wallets are full of money. They're financially motivated in terms of being able to get things, um, but I can I'm very frugal, so they know more that because we don't 
like to buy a lot of toys or things that are unnecessary just to be able to buy them. So they know that things like toys come at special occasions. So when they see things, they'll be like, oh, I'm waiting for that. This is what I want for my birthday, even if they just had a birthday or Christmas is still nine months out. They're they're starting to have those sorts of conversations. Um, I'm trying to encourage them to understand that because my my son found a five dollar bill the other day and he's got a bit of a travel bug after we went on a trip to Costa Rica and now he's like now I have enough money that we can go back to Costa Rica so we have to have that conversation about how much money like things are and I don't know if his brain can uh, completely understands it but he's working hard on trying to put the pieces together. Well, they don't fully understand the things at that age, but they do start paying attention, and it and it's good that, like you said, he is he is thinking about um, things like that. I know your your daughter's very quite young, but is there anything that you're noticing with her on the subject of money and things that are getting her attention and motivating her? She just likes to find coins around the house. That's the most thing that she likes about money. And then besides that, she's very clear on, like, she's very good at not asking for toys or anything. She just always says, even if we're at a toy store, she'll say, can I get this for my birthday? And her birthday's in September. So we're talking about, like, a really long ways away. And she'll start saying these things right now. So so they're quite they're quite patient and they're very good with the delayed gratification from the sounds of it. They have to be with this mother. <laughs> you know what? That's a wonderful. Are you familiar? I I'm, I'm not sure if it was like a Harvard study or a Stanford study, but the marshmallow study that they did with the yes. kids. Yeah. Yeah. So that that one where the kids, if 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 you eat the mar, you can have the marshmallow right now, or if you wait. And they wouldn't give them a specific time, but if you could wait and hold off until I come back, then you can have two marshmallows. Mm-hmm. The kids, the kids that wait, were able to wait and hold off on that instant gratification. Like were so much more successful in like every area of their life down the road because it was a very mm-hmm. long term study. Mm-hmm. So the fact the fact that you're you're a mom that's that's teaching them that is is a very good <laughs> thing because so many parents just give in so quickly or they just they want they want their kids to have everything that they didn't have when they were growing Mm -hmm. up and they they spend so much money on things that are just pointless if you ask me yeah yeah because in the grand scheme of things like the way that I see it is I had a lot of toys and really nice clothes growing up but what would have set me up better is having less student loan debt or my parents lent me money to be able to purchase my first home, which basically set me off on a completely different trajectory. So I want my kids to have some of those opportunities too, things that are really going to serve them later on. Yeah, huge. Like you said, it's the it's the long term and the things that are really going to help them. And talking about like student loans and stuff like that, those are just going up and up and up. And it just, I mm-hmm. worry about what, a lot of these kids and stuff are going to do because even if you are putting money aside in like the RESPs and stuff like that, which I'm a huge fan of, if if you want to be going on for a more advanced degree or anything, and you can't go to school in the city you, mm-hmm. your parents are in where you can live at home, like it's mm-hmm. not uncommon for kids to be coming out with a hundred thousand plus in student loans debts in Canada. Yeah. And that's that's just that scares me. That really scares me for mm-hmm. so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how how did how does your husband look at teaching about the kids about money and stuff like that? 
My husband is, uh, he has a fascination. He's in oil and gas, but he has a fascination with investments. So he's always wanting to have these really crazy in-depth conversations with our son about (laughs) what investments are. And just like he really, he, I think he learned the basics about budgeting, like those things where I, I was very, uh, naive in a lot of those pieces so I needed to learn right from the ground up where he had the basic knowledge but had to do a lot of self-teaching to be able to understand like how do you invest um how do you uh take care of RSPs and and things like that they're like what's a whole life plan how's that going to support you from an insurance standpoint versus just getting term life like those things he's he's done a lot of self-teaching because he likes to do that oh yeah he's gone very in-depth (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, and as you can hear, I've heard probably way too many of these conversations. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and uh, so he just, uh, I think he wants to have those conversations more about the, from a larger standpoint about, it's not just enough to have a budget and be like counting your coins. Also, how are you going to invest and grow? Because I think that was more of his struggle with growth piece. So so it sounds like you guys have a very good relationship. You look after kind of the more micro and he looks after more of the macro stuff. Yeah. What we've done, I don't know if you've heard of money archetypes, um, but I'm I'm an accumulator. So I am like so detail oriented that it can be sometimes very frustrating for him, whereas he is more of uh, the um, maverick where he's looking for like the next big opportunity and um where else can we be looking like when we get analyzed for our risk like he's so high risk i am very low risk so so it's it's a nice balance (laughs) balance each other out it's and Mm -hmm. and you know what it's so common that you have opposites do very much attract in marriage and when Mm -hmm. it comes to the money stuff and it's very common that you yeah you have one that's the saver the accumulator and then one that's it's more, like you said, the, the 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 risk taker and the different things like that. But if it if if there's good healthy conversations going on, like it sounds very much happens in your house, which mm-hmm. we love. I have so many people that are just so afraid of the subject that they never talk about it and they never have the opportunity to learn. And it's like they're bumping around in the dark, and mm-hmm. that's not the way to be in any way, shape, or form. But mm-hmm. when you guys have a good communication, it actually works extremely well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice balance. So so with, with, with your with your son being quite young and, and, and your husband working on these uh much higher end conversations, do you, is your son picking up on much of it? Do you think? Sometimes. Um sometimes he gets it in terms of asking like how he can make more um, I think that that's when he starts to get it. But then other times, I think he would probably be the one that fails the marshmallow study because he is just like, oh, I don't care if I've got money later. Like, can I take that money out so I can buy this toy now? And <laughs> so he won't care that my husband's telling him about like compound interest. <laughs> it would be so. kind of strange if he did, but you, you'd be very surprised at how much is actually sinking in. Oh, I know. That's the beautiful thing is I know that these things become tapes for 
um, because of my background, right? I know how much we're basically hypnotizing them up until the age of seven. So I'm just trying to hypnotize some really good stuff in there. Yes. Yes. Um, did you, have you ever gone and done the, uh, the millionaire mind intensive put on by Harbecker and peak potentials? Oh no. Well, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, very intensive seminar. All it's a weekend long one where it basically deals with all the mental garbage you have around money. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I went, oh, it's 14 years ago, because my daughter was like only a few weeks old, so she had to come with us. And I dragged mm-hmm. my mom and my husband actually kicking and screaming to it. And <laughs> they were going over like one of the things. My mom leans over to me and she says, you know, they're brainwashing you. And that's not good. And I leaned back over to her and I said, yes, I know. But this way they're putting good stuff in that I want in there. Where how much brainwashing are you getting just being out in the world that's all garbage and isn't doing you any mm-hmm. good? Exactly, yeah. And she went, I never thought of it that way. And then she, mm-hmm. it, it actually ended up being a really, really good weekend. Mm-hmm. But dealing with, like you said, I'm all for the positive brainwashing because just going about life is turning on the TV and just watching the commercials and stuff, everything, the the feeding for the instant gratification-itis drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. I love the fact that you're aware and you're putting the positive stuff in for your kids. Yeah. So, so if you can make sure that your kids know three things, like inside out, that you've got fully hypnotized into them by the time they move out of the house to go off to college and do their own thing... What three things would you want your kids to learn? I want them to feel relaxed around money and talks about money. I want them to feel empowered by having the knowledge that they feel like they can have conversations and know what they're talking about and not feel like they are, um, like people are looking at them like they have no idea. And, uh, I think the other thing is, is I want them to, uh, being the entrepreneur, I want them to know that there are infinite potentials out there, whatever they choose to do, that they just need to recognize that they ha- there's infinite possibilities. So whether that be infinite potentials in terms of career and finding the money for it afterwards and, or, uh, business and choosing that you can, like, there's no, there's no limit to how much they can earn. Well, those are great, great lessons. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. You too. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.